those people that they've lost, they generally talk about those little moments that you're talking about. That's what they remember. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that come up. And I think it's so important for us to take time and particularly when we are with people that mean a lot to us and, and we love a lot is to just be with them. Are you looking for a way to drive growth, sales, communication, and retention in your academy? Kovar Systems six-month program director course is designed to help members of your team thrive in the important role of program director. With step-by-step -step training, we will cover a wide range of topics, including prospect follow-up, overcoming objection, and securing enrollments. Our program will teach your team members to effectively communicate the values and benefits of martial arts, which can be a game changer in securing more enrollments at your academy. Our next six-month course starts on this date. So don't wait and visit our site, www.kovarsystems.com to get your team enrolled in the upcoming course. Again, that's www.kovarsystems.com. Enroll now and get ready to see some real results in your business. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hardworking school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. Welcome to the Satori Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar, and assisting me today is Master Chris Nansky. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? All right. Chris and I have been friends for a really long time. I went 25 years, something maybe, like that, something yeah. like that. And 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 uh, Chris is really an interesting guy, really an amazing guy. He's, uh, for whatever it's worth, it's he's Bill Wallace's like, top student, been training with him forever, uh, uh, a world-class martial arts athlete, uh, oversaw, ran a school of your own for yes. years and years, yes. and now oversees several schools Correct. and coach other schools. And you do a lot now. You've kind of taken taking the lessons of martial arts and you kind of brought them into the real world. Or, yeah. and so you, the presentation that you do now for, let's say, corporate audiences, what, what are you really focusing yeah, on? Yeah, what we're doing is really taking the lessons that you learn in the dojo and the dojong and taking out in the world and in the corporate world. And uh, because I believe each of us has a mind of a champion. And if we tap into that, we can take the lessons we learn in the martial arts world and apply them to everyday life. You know, it's really funny because you and I talk about this a lot, yeah. how our, our, our paths in certain areas are very parallel. You know, I, I ran into you in, at one of our events, like, I don't know, five or six or seven years ago. And uh, and you were telling me, you know, we were talking about stuff. And it's like, oh, I want to do that. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like so because I'm doing some similar right. stuff. Right. And there's so many lessons that can be learned from martial arts. But I wanted to kind of go back. You, you are you know, kind of in time. One of the things that guys from years of my generation, I'm a few years older than yeah. you, but not that much older, is that a lot of our peers aren't training anymore. That's so true. That's yeah, so true. And, and, and for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, But part, you know, a lot of it is like, you know, they maybe didn't respect their body. Good people, but didn't respect their body. And, you know, and so you're, you're a very fit guy. You've always kept, that's always been a priority. But I also, you were a, you were a, High-level college athlete, collegiate athlete. You know, mm -hmm. you were a, a, a center linebacker. I was an inside linebacker inside at linebacker. Northwestern University. Is yep. there even a center linebacker? There's so not. No, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. an offensive yeah. now, center, now, but not there, a center is, linebacker. Now, does that involve a baseball and a, and uh, a basket? No. <laughs> no, okay, just kidding. So, I mean, yeah, clearly, you don't get to that level without having some natural skills, yeah. and you converted that to martial arts. But so, uh, we're going to cover a lot of stuff today. But what I wanted to talk about is kind of your overview, how you've 
Uh, I'm sure you have aches and pains. I know you have aches and pains because yeah. we've talked we've about talked it. About right? it yeah. But but what have you done to allow yourself to really be able to still perform at a high level yeah. at, at, at your senior age? Senior age. Well, you know, there, there's there's several things. I think, um, in fact, I was, I was given a, a presentation a couple of years ago. I was co-facilitating with a buddy of mine who's a personal trainer. And we were getting ready to talk to this men's group. And he and I were having this conversation. And I don't know if I said it first or he said it first, but he said, you know, we talk about all this exercise and things we're doing, but you know, it really comes down to diet, <laughs> you know? And I was like, you're absolutely right. And I think as the older that we get, being really disciplined in our nutrition is just so important. And, I, and I've got, I kind of backed into that because I, I had uh, allergies with wheat and, and gluten and dairy. So I had to really look at my, my uh, nutrition, but man, I'll tell you what, it's something that I'm very disciplined about. Yeah. And then I think it's also just about staying active consistently. Yeah. You know, they, they, the word consistent, I want to talk, just touch on nutrition for a minute because, you know, someone will say, well, I do, uh, I, I don't know what's your particular, how, you know, what, what you kind of, your particular method you follow, but you hear it all right, yeah. you know, all over the place. And if you read the books like you have and I have, it's very confusing. And if you yeah. had 10 nutritionists from different, different colleges throughout the world, None of them would agree on anything. Right. But what happens was you're mindfully aware of how you eat. You naturally are going to eat better. Absolutely. You know, that's the thing. What, you know, whatever the diet. I did it because I did paleo. No, I'm a, I'm a strict vegan. No, I yeah. only do raw food. Uh, you know, I, I, I do nothing but steak. That's it. You know, like like with Jordan Peterson diet right, for a while. Right. But anybody that's doing any of those, guess what they're doing? They're mindful of what they're eating. Exactly. And, and most of us don't have a cupcake diet, you know? No, well, you know, and it's so true. And in fact, one of the things we do in our black belt testings is we have our candidates go through a a week of clean eating, right? And one of the things I tell them is, is before you do that, do an inventory of what you eat the week before. And you will be amazed at how unconscious you are about putting things in your mouth. So you're right. It is about mindful. I think for me, it's also helps to have a really solid routine yes. in terms of what I yes. do. And I do a lot of meal prep and things mm -hmm. like that. So that way I don't have to think about it and make bad choices. Well, it's you, know, done. you know, especially in our lifestyle, the martial arts lifestyle, where you, you teach until 9, 930 right. at night and you forgot to bring a snack and you haven't eaten since noon and you're hungry and you freaking open up the refrigerator and you will devour That's everything, right. you know, everything. So some of the rules that I, I kind of follow personally i love this mantra is it that, that uh, i kind of follow you know eat clean during the week and mm -hmm. on weekends i'm not as worried mm -hmm. right but the mantra rather than looking at a piece of chocolate cake and going oh i deserve it i work so hard oh well because you're going to give in every time my mantra is being healthy and fit feels better than that taste that's right that's and right it kind of it's like and if you like chocolate cake hey man have chocolate cake just have it less often and not yeah. as big a portion yeah. yeah i have something very similar because having difficulty with dairy in my diet and I grew up in Wisconsin, by the way, okay, so that's yeah, a tough right. one. But I do the same thing. It's like, wow, that, that little bit of um, personal gratification, I'm going to pay for it later. And that's how I reverse that. So. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other thing I think is so important and, you know, is well, along those lines is the importance of hydration because, yes. you know, dehydration is, is linked with irritability, fatigue, and hunger. So if you mm -hmm. ever felt any of these, sometimes you just made another that's few right. ounces of water, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then the one last one that I really try to stress is mindful eating, which basically means eating so, a smaller, you know, smaller portions and slower, yes. and, which is hard to do. And I struggle with this one, but true story, uh, a while back, uh, I, I, I 
was teaching at the school and I was at, and I didn't bring anything with me home and it's I get home and my wife's made this pesto pasta and I'm ready to eat the whole bowl man and I like a, you know willpower is gone it's going down and I'm about halfway through this bowl and there's probably 2800 calories of pasta in there about halfway through this bowl I get a call from an old friend I hadn't talked to you for you know like several years and we have this great conversation and you know and for about 20 minutes half hour I hang up the phone and guess what I'm full that's right because it takes a while for the body to feel satiated sure and sometimes we just by eating slower that the Japanese had a term harihachibu harihachibu means 80% full yep. right eat until you're not hungry versus till you're full yeah it's, it's so true and you know it's it's and I have the same thing I mean it's easy to get unconscious about it when I when I take my mind off it several years ago I did this retreat in uh, Estes Park Colorado with Thich Nhat Hanh yeah okay? wow and every meal had to be eaten mindfully where we would take one bite and then set our fork down as we chewed and and then during the uh, time at least once during the meal the monastics would come up and ring a bell and everyone had to stop and place their their fork down and just sit there for a minute and that was a big experience for me because i i guess i up until then particularly when i played football in college i was constantly trying to gain weight so i was always looking for something to eat and now i was like wow i can be i can slow down and be a little more mindful about this yeah you know I, I, my my mindful eating story has to do with uh 15 years ago my daughter's 10 my son's 13 and at that time she went through this baking phase and she makes these amazing chocolate chip cookies right and it's saturday afternoon i can it's i can eat whatever i want i'm off to teach a instructor's seminar that afternoon in one of the schools and i leave when i leave the house you can smell the aroma of chocolate chip cookies in the in the oven and i think to myself when i get back i'm going to eat the whole tray so i get back two and a half hours later my son ate every cookie except for one and it's like oh uh, and and what do I do? Do I like like what do I do with that last cookie? I don't go. I don't just scarf it down. Why do I pick it up and I taste it and I eat the corner and I savored it and I probably enjoyed that last that one cookie more than I would have the twelve I was planning on Absolutely. eating. Absolutely, yeah, no, yeah, totally get that. Totally yeah. get that. And so it's really not that complicated, right? right. I, I mean, you know, you obviously you, you you know not to get digress into different, but you, you try to eat a, a lot of you know vegetables yeah. and fruit and you know stuff low on the food chain. Yeah. with not a lot of big words in it and exactly. then try to eat slower and eat in moderation. Yeah, I've actually heard something that goes like this. It's uh, if it's uh, if it comes from a plant, eat it. If it's made in a plant, don't eat it. I love it. Right? I love it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, bottom line is I'm still going to eat something that was made in a plant upon occasion, Absolutely. but that shouldn't be the majority of I eat. Right. For example, if I pull up an apple in my hand, how many ingredients in apple? In an apple? Apple. Apple. Right. If I pull up a, you know, a power bar, there's a lot of big words I can't understand. Right. You try to eat less of those. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about your exercise routine because I know that's part yeah, of it. Yeah. And by the know. way, you say, yeah, the guy that you were telling you about, it's really about nutrition. This is probably a guy that is, exercises easily. Yes. Right? Yes. But a lot of people, yes. you know, you and I, although I'm sure you don't always like, oh, great, I get to work out, but it's part of what we do. Right. And, and you know, we have the discipline to do it. And we're always, you know, it's, it's easier for us than others. So what would you tell you know, someone that men, you know, they, they don't like working out. They don't right. like going to the gym. It's hard for them. Well, I love the distinction. I have a good friend of mine who's a naturopathic doctor and also a former triathlete. And he makes the distinction of from calling it exercise to calling it movement. Love it. So our bodies were designed to move. So what is the way that you enjoy moving? Love it. And if you can find that, then then just get into that rhythm. It could be walking, it could be resistance training, it could be whatever. 
But many people, I think, exercise because they think that's what they're supposed to do. And if they don't like it, they're not going to do it long term. Yeah. So find something you love to do to move. I, I love the idea of movement. And by the way, what's the what's the best movement or what's the best exercise? The one you'll do. That's right. right? You, you know, exactly. the one you'll do. And I'm amazed by how many people think, and by the way, this is really common for guys that were athletic in school and and now they they got out of school, they got a job, a career, a busy schedule, all of a sudden they're forty years old, they're out of shape. And in their mind, just doing a 15 or 20 minute workout is not enough because they're thinking about the right. twi- two days they did when they were a kid. And, and which is, you could, as my dad taught me uh, about exercise, a little something's better than a Absolutely. lot of nothing. You yep. know, and you said consistently, consistency. My, my formula personally, and like I said, it's different. If you're getting ready to, if you're, a, if you're a, an athlete and you have to perform at a high level, you sometimes have to push it. But I'm just training for life. You That's know, I'm right. trying to feel good. And so if, if I, if I uh, consistently overtrain, we know that's bad. Mm-hmm. If I inconsistently overtrain, that's not very good either. If I inconsistently undertrain, it's a waste of time. So the sweet spot is consistently, yeah. but undertrain. What I mean by undertrain is is not take it to failure. You right. know what I'm saying? Like the like not overdue because that's going to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think for me, it's about doing the movements that I love doing. That I, and and there's also something that uh, I think the time of day for me. I, okay. I t- attempt to get all my workouts in, with the exception of some kicking stuff, martial arts stuff I do in the afternoons, is to get them done almost first thing in the morning. Hundred percent. You too. know, because so many times life happens and we say hey we're gonna do it at noon and then we get a call and pretty soon we're putting it off and when I coach people about this I say hey, if you miss a day it's not a big deal just don't miss two days you know it's so funny that you say that I, we, we are right now we're speaking from our Promac International uh, 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 conference and thank you for being a part Absolutely. of this by the way and this is day three and I never, I almost never miss one day of workout. Well, I actually, met, I didn't, I did work out today, okay. a light workout, but I didn't really work out yet. I, I did a token warm up, and yeah. I didn't the day before. And I could give you a million excuses. I'm not worried about it because it's so part of what I do. Right. It's, it's going to happen. But I feel it. I feel it because it's that second day. Because now all of a sudden you're falling out of habit. That's right. And I think the way to look at exercise, you know, hear people say, "Well, I'm going to try to get to the gym three days a week." The way I look at it is, do you try to eat three days a week? No. Do you try to sleep three days a week? I think, in my opinion, you should move, move every day. That's, now, it might be different. Yeah. And then, unless you have a reason not to, right. don't. It's a, it's a shift. It's not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find time to exercise when I can. No. When I don't have to, if I, don't ha- if I can't fit in the workout, I won't. Otherwise, I just work out every day because that right. takes the elimination. Should yeah. I train today or not? Well, yeah. if you do it every day, you're going to do it. The, the best way to be in shape is to stay in shape, right? Oh, that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and I think that when I, was, when I owned my school, I remember our very good friend Tom Callis said, uh, you know, you need to consider yourself as a professional athlete. And I really took that to heart. And then, of course, I started thinking about, and I, hopefully my staff reflect, I know yours does as well, is we're the product. Yeah. So if I'm speaking to somebody, particularly a, a man in his 40s, whatever, and we're talking about the properness of physical conditioning and staying, we have to be able yeah, to live that yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. And it just, you know, there, there's just so much about it, too, that it makes me sharper. It makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. And, and then the, the other thing that you will hear, as a matter of fact, I had a conversation earlier today with, with one of my part-time staff members. It's, it's a person that's aging. that has been, and they're part-time. They got a full-time career. They've been volunteering for us forever. It's great to have that school. And I was asking her how her 
fitness training is going. She goes, oh, I just, I'm only when I teach a couple times a week, I've got all this stuff going on, I'm taking care of my mom and, and this and that. And, and I kind of had to remind her, do you really believe that? Because you know what you can do, the, the Pavel, the, 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 the Russian stretch coach talked about a concept called grease, grease the groove. And basically what that means is every hour, do 10 push-ups. That's right. Yeah. The next day, every hour, do 10 squats. And I kind of went through, you You can find the time. You know, you don't need a lot of time to, uh, uh, and so it's very easy for people to make excuses. And here was what I was going at, is that a lot of times guys will make excuses because they have injuries. Right. Right? And ah, I'm sure you have too. And, and if the student is ready, their teacher will appear. And what I mean is sometimes it's not, a, I, I don't, I don't, Unless I know someone really well, I know it's the right thing. I, I don't comment on, you know, yeah. I like in this particular case, I could I could give her some pushback because mm -hmm. I know her and we have rapport. But how many bogus excuses have you heard from people about why they can't work out? That's right. Exactly. Well, you know, it's a justification because I think that in essence, they know what the, good, the right answer is and they need to justify it in order to, you know, justify that behavior. But again, a little bit of something is better than a lot of nothing. Yeah. And so I just think it's so important. And again, it's like, for me, and I think you're probably the same way, is routine is just huge yeah. for me. I mean, I, when I started doing research, you know, as I was beginning speaking and whatever, and I was looking at people that were having successful experiences, life, business, they all had morning routines. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, I got to get on this. And that's something that I do. It's the first yeah. thing I do as yeah. soon as I wake up. Yeah, well, we'll we're going to get back to that because yeah. I, I also have a morning routine. And I also know that that's like key and yeah. almost every successful person. There's a few exceptions, right. always a few outliers that that they have that part, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and back just kind of finishing up the exercise concept. And that is, is that I would also remind someone you say, ah, but you guys don't understand, you know, I have a bad knee, you know, or I, my shoulder doesn't work and stuff like that is that. Uh, first and foremost, there's always probably something that you can do, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but 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 also sometimes you can use that as an excuse. And I'm not, you, you know, you know your body, and you know when the the movement you're doing because you you're an athlete and you're you're very fine tuned and aware of it. You know when the motion. You shouldn't do it, and when it's just sore, and you have to work around That's it. But right. if I never exercised when I was uh, injured or sore, I would never exercise. I, the same way, it would never same happen way. because exactly. there's always something you know yeah. that comes from a lifetime of yeah. you know. And, and maybe this is my football background, but I remember my high school coach used to say, "There's a difference between being hurt and being injured." Right. So sometimes you're going to feel uncomfortable and then you warm up. It's fine. There are certain things you're injured. You have to avoid movement. Yeah. Totally there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it's just, yeah. And you know, you gotta, you gotta take inventory. Is, is your excuse legitimate or not? Right. And, and when you do that, it's often, you know, that's just, I'm just a story I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. It's a belief that isn't really true. And yeah. maybe other people believe it, but you know, yeah. better man, find a way, you know? And, and I think this is important is that, uh, is that for some people it's like exercise and and you know we're all wired different there's some things for me that are a lot of work that i've just it doesn't matter you can tell you can you can tell me why i should do it it's right. still not gonna it's not gonna work for me uh but with, with this it's kind of like what we have to understand is that you don't pay the price for exercise you reap the benefits and 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 you the world needs you to do that so that you can be a better husband wife father boss you know because i don't know about you I'm a way better at all my, you know, different positions in the world when I'm feeling good about myself, when I'm feeling healthy. Yeah. And I, I just think one thing, and I, when I coach people on this too, it's, it's about making those most important things scheduled in your calendar. Yeah. It's there. And then yeah. other things work around it. You don't go to your fitness training, um, you're working out 
when you when you get around to it, or when you have more time, it becomes an anchor in your calendar, and then you work your other things around. That's that's just how I live. Yeah, you know, it's so funny you say that because so often in the martial arts world, you know this. When someone registers, a school owner will with pride tell the students. You can come when there's classes six days a week. Here's the different slots. You can come whenever you want. Well, whenever you want is when I get around to it. And so you want someone to be successful. It's like, all right, Chris, thanks for enrolling the school. And you're well. We have this really nice schedule. Let's figure out the two days you're going to come that I can count on you. Mm -hmm. And because now... You know, and eventually, if you want to add on, now I'm helping you develop the right habits. The same thing for exercise. Yeah. It's like you have to, like, like draw a line in the sand and figure these times. And it doesn't have to be long. And, it, and some people, well, I don't have time to go to the gym. Well, in their mind, they're going to drive a half an hour to the gym and park as close to the front as they can. <laughs> to walk inside and do the treadmill for a half an hour and walk right. back. You know, like you just just bust out some squats. Totally. Do some, do some bur- do, try doing 20 burpees and see yeah. how you feel, right? Yeah. Well, there's many studies now that I see about it's more efficient to be doing more activity in short bursts throughout yes. the day than, you know, and I've actually looked at that and said, mm, maybe I need to look at things a little differently because I'll get in a really good workout first thing in the morning, but then I'm pretty sedentary the rest of the day on my computer. Okay. So I think there's some balance there. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my workouts have shifted to the actual my resistance training because I do first thing in the morning too is that I have a set warm up that's exactly the same that never mm-hmm. changes and uh, and it's, it's funny because when I when I pull a muscle it's you know, almost every time is when I forgot to do that warm up and then my, my routine in the middle which is my resistance and it's you know very high intense but yeah. short yeah. Uh, and then I do this exact same warm down and moving you know some you know some postures that I'm going to do etc uh, but the middle part the, the intense part is maybe 20 minutes, right. but that's enough. Yeah, that's totally. enough. That's, I, I did some resistance training today in the hotel. It was 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, maybe could you have gone more? Yeah. Yeah. But but there, there comes a point where you've done enough. You get to that set point where you know the feeling. Yeah. I don't really need that's to do it. a lot more than that. I, I, you know, I got the heart rate up. I got, you know, I, I you know, I, I fatigued the muscle group and mm-hmm. doing 18 more sets it's maybe when you're 22, but right. when you're, you know, old, that's not always going to benefit that's, you. That's so true. So true. So let's switch gears. So, so you, one of the things that's always impressed of me about you is you, you have this, you know, this great attitude about life, and 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 I'm sure you were maybe born into that to a certain degree, but you've clearly worked on yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You clearly, like said, you know, I, I want to be better. What do I got to do? You've been very introspective in your approach about how you live your life. <laughs> and so give us some ideas, you know, like, like what, you know, what do you, you know, what, where have you come is like, it's kind of in your mental, emotional journey. Yeah. How did you get there? And what are you doing? Forward? Yeah. You know, I, I was, it really started when I, um, I decided I was going to leave the corporate world and move into being a professional martial arts instructor. And I went through, um, I was exposed to um, um, a new thought. Was and, it Procter uh, & Gamble? I was with Procter & Gamble yes, for 10 years. Okay. And it was a great, it was a great, great experience. And I loved the people there and I was doing very well. But I had this um, this huge desire to Your own my own school. And, yeah. this is what and actually sh- my wife at the time, we're no longer together, but she had been my high school sweetheart. And she was, she was the one that was, Encouraging, encouraging me to do this. So, um, right around that time, I found um, New Thought Philosophy, you know, Science of Mind and Spirit. And uh, it was just this beautiful time for me because I went through a lot of anxiety in making that move. 
I had two young sons. I was the only breadwinner. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And all I could think about is if I fail at this, the whole world's going to end. And so it, what it caused me to do is look at myself and say, okay, there's something going on here that's a little bit deeper than just an average fear. Because I actually went into panic attacks and things like that. And so it kind of took me down this road. And then what, what I found out later on is that many of the things that I was learning in martial arts had a lot of similarity to that. And it was just became part of who I was. And now when I think about one of the reasons my school was as successful as it was, it certainly was because of my marketing. <laughs> it was it was about all those other things. It was about who I was being. I was feeling um, I was feeling joyful in what I was doing. I was feeling I was on purpose when I was doing it. And my intention was to use martial arts as a vehicle for other people to have that same type of experience, mm -hmm. whether they were a kid or an adult. Yeah. And it's then turned into what I do when I speak and I, yeah. I life coach now. It's the same stuff that I'm yeah. doing, just in a different way. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I believe there's three types of motivation. There's You can be motivated by desperation, mm -hmm. you know, and we I'm sure you've been there. I've certainly been there. And you can be motivated by inspiration. You, you, know, you hear a podcast, you go to a seminar, you know, who knows, you wake up and you saw the light. But mo the problem with both of those, by the way, inspiration is way better than desperation, sure. is they're both temporary. That's right. That's but right. when your purpose is clear, that yeah. will sustain you through the highs and lows. And that's what you identify. Yeah. Hey, this is my job at Procter & Gamble is great. These are nice people. And by the way, I'm sure that you could, there's a story about how you're helping the world through that. You know, I'm sure right. there is. But it's not as quite as obvious and quick and apparent as when you're helping people be better Well, people. you know, it's really funny because probably about four years ago, I ran into my old boss, got reconnect with him, my last boss at P&G. And then he connected us with my former boss's boss when I was in working in L.A. And we all went out to lunch, had a great time together. And I remember one of them saying, hey, Chris, tell Mike what you're doing right now. And I start talking and I realized, wow, I would have never done that. Even though I was I was doing well, I was serving people, to the amount of people that I've been able to impact in martial arts, it's not even close. And we all have those stories, right? Yeah. That student yeah. that just was, you know, they were forlorn, they they were they were just not on purpose, they were misdirected, and we were able to do that. And um, it just made me go, wow, yeah, this was a pretty good lunch. Yeah, because I got to reflect on you know the impact I've been able to make. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's really important too. Is that it's so often to, to let, it, you know, gravity will pull you down. There's so much negativity out there. And, and, and there's a, you know, the reason why we're attracted to, to negativity is because it kept us, our, our ancestors Absolutely. alive. Absolutely, kept species. us alive, no doubt. Yeah, you know, but, but, but uh, with that said, it's like, it's, it's really hard to, to you know, to kind of, uh, uh, it's so sometimes we end up focusing on the 3% of our life that's not right versus the 97% that isn't, exactly. you know? And, and if we can just, you know, kind of take a moment and think about how far we came, yeah. uh, you know, that, that helps us because you know what? Grateful people are fun to be around and grateful people tend to be happy people as well. And sure so do. like, you know, we just kind of, kind of every now and then take inventory of what we've accomplished and maybe, uh, it, it's, it, maybe we, there's always more to do, but I think it's also important that people understand that we've never, we're never gonna be there. Right. We're always arriving. Right. Right. And you know, that's part of it. I think when we, when we look at life that way, 
where it is not about arriving somewhere, but it's about enjoying that journey. And I know that might even sound cliche. Cliche but, means but it's, there's truth behind there's it. There's truth behind it, right? Because then what happens is, is we start to see other areas of opportunity for us to expand into mm -hmm. that maybe we didn't see before. Mm -hmm. So I think having a growth mindset as a martial arts master and a martial arts uh, school owner is absolutely imperative. I think that one of the things we can best model for our students is that we're always on a path of growth in yeah. some way, shape, or yeah. form. Yeah, there's a story about this. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to get a couple stories mixed up, but but, but basically how uh, uh, it's about a pastor, a small town pastor, and about how uh, basically his his uh, his his he wasn't a very um, what flamboyant pastor, uh, but that people followed him because his life was his sermon. You know, he was actually living the life. You know, that's he was right. doing his best, and and that's not a, that's not always easy to do. But you know, for for me, I don't know about you, but but uh, the, the morning routine. We'll talk about that now. Is that I, I think that really sets my day, and 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 it started for me when my kids were little, mm -hmm. and I had. Uh, you know, I had no choice but get it way before them, and now I hold to, true to it. And I don't set my alarm because I get up organically, but usually for me, it's between 4.45 and 5 o'clock. Same here. Okay. Same and, here. And the first thing I do is I get up. I, 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 my vice is I like a hot cup of black coffee in the morning. I perk my coffee. I sit down. I have uh, uh, three different things that I read that are daily affirmational mm -hmm. stuff and and one is biblically based one is based on stoicism mm -hmm. the daily stoic the Ryan mm -hmm. holiday mm -hmm. and, and and then I I do my journaling and then I, I what am I grateful for you're laughing because I'm laughing because it's like the same routine <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked you right but but then, and, and then I do my workout right yeah, and I go yeah. and, then, and then I come back and by the way I haven't even looked at my phone yet yeah I haven't even looked at my phone yet because inevitably I don't want that to throw me off. Right. And, you know, right. otherwise you just, you know, you, you're not able totally. to set. Then when I get back, now it's, I'm back from the gym. I fix my breakfast. It's some, it's usually about 7, 15, 7, mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of pull yeah. up my phone, look at my emails. Love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I do, I I actually wrote about it in my second book. I call it the six M's of morning mastery. Okay. Six M's. So the first one is meditation. Okay. So it's the first thing I do. Then I do um, mental imaging. Okay. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm imagining what I want to do for that day. I do something I call mind treatment. So okay. it's affirmations okay. and, you know, spiritual mind treatment, if you will. Then movement. I do some sort of movement. Um, I'll listen to or read. So I have motivation. Okay. And then the last one is uh, memoirs. I'll oh. do journaling. Okay. So I was going to say meal. Meal. That I'll, could be the seventh could be one. The seventh <laughs> one. <laughs> memoirs, journaling. I love it. I love yeah, it's such yeah. a great formula. Actually, yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to get that for me. I think it's a really yeah. good one. My. I, I actually did. I always wanted as a martial artist. I always felt like I should meditate, right? Mm -hmm. But I could never get myself to meditate. So finally, twenty-eight years ago, I did TM. Okay. And I, I stuck with it because. Darn it, I paid for it, I'm gonna do it. And I created this <laughs> habit for almost 20 years. I, I did my 20 minutes twice a day. Yeah. I'm I'm less consistent now. I still do every day, uh -huh. but but I'm okay with it. It's kind of like, you, you know, it, 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 it's, um, I, I, I don't feel, I, a lot of my life seems to be more meditative. Well, what it, I was going to say is if you're in a mindful state yeah. as a result of that, yeah. it's like being in a walking meditation. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, I still, as I speak that, I don't want to be hypocritical. There's a story about Gandhi and the sugar. Have you heard the story? I have. With the story? For those of you guys not in, in the, you know, listening, it's some lady brings his son to her son to Gandhi and says, "Would you tell him to quit eating sugar?" And Gandhi says, "Come back in a week." Well, he goes, "Okay." You know, she comes back in a week, and Gandhi says, "Quit eating sugar." 
And the lady goes, well, why couldn't you tell them that a week ago? And the answer is, well, because a week ago I was eating sugar. sugar. So I, I, this is an area that I've kind of let go maybe more than I should have. Yeah. And I, yeah. I do need to get back to it more consistently. Right. But I'll tell you what, when I started doing it, it was a point in my life when I so needed it. And 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 I'm really good now at taking those moments to savor, you know, because you don't have to be in a lotus position with your back straight to meditate. Right. You know, you can right. be just hanging out in the backyard, just enjoying the sound of the wind blowing and the birds. And, and I, I find the one thing is that I don't like, like, uh, and when I run and walk, I personally don't listen to music because I want to be, I feel like I'm distracted. Right. I'm not like, present. in that moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting when I did the event with Thich Nhat Hanh that I mentioned before, they talked about in the monastery, the monastics, uh, that there were no dishwashers, automatic dishwashers, because he wanted everyone to wash dishes manually so they'd be present. So it's meditation, right? You're 100%. Just one focused yeah. uh, thought yeah. and activity. Yeah, and, and, and anything can be that. You know, it's like I, I just I, I want to be respectful of your time, and we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. But it, I wanted to talk about a word and how you might how it relates to you and think about it. And it has to do with my father, who uh, every time uh, was a World War II vet, and you know was a prisoner of war, Nazi Germany has this amazing story, death march, and near firing squad. And he came back. A lot of people would come back bitter, and he came back better. He just had this appreciation for life that. Was was really amazing and and every time we get together as a family also he was a, a, a he was a later years he was a psychotherapist his early years he was a minister for 50 years right and so we'd gather around the table and and you know before he'd always say look around mm. these are the good old days mm. you know and these are the good old days right? right and and but if I was to sum it up it, the word would be savor yes I love that word because it brings you the present moment with a sense of appreciation. Actually, Thich Nhat Hanh has a book called yes. Savor. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, but but for me, that's a way for these little moments to be, to be meditative. Is just take a moment and just kind of savor a meal with a friend. Savor you know savor a sunset. You know you know uh, uh, etc. So your kind of take on on little ways to appreciate the journey. Wow. Well, first of all, you know I loved your dad. I yes. Mean, I, I met him Thank on you. a couple of occasions. Yes. Just thought the world of him and. Um, I think that, you know, I've, I've had recently, I've either had friends in UF as well that have lost some people in their lives, lost kids, et cetera. And when you hear people talk about those people that they've lost, they generally talk about those little moments that you're talking about. That's what they remember. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that come up. And I think it's so important for us to take time and particularly when we are with people that mean a lot to us and, and we love a lot is to just be with them. Not have a cell phone in our hand or watching TV out of the corner of our eye. And I'm not saying it's easy for me. Yeah. It can be really difficult, but how many times have, I'll just give you this one story from my own background, which really was life-changing for me. I, I lost my brother when I was 17 years old. He was 11 and um, he had been a, by today's standards, he'd be ADHD. Okay. okay, let's you know we just didn't diagnose it back then, and he had gone away to a church camp um, the week before I was getting ready to leave on a football camp. So we literally crossed paths on a Sunday, and we're sitting there, and he's telling me all about this camp, and he just loved it. And it was at that time in our lives where I was like, you know, this kid's really a pain in the butt, but for whatever reason, I just sat with him. I just sat with him and I, I remember we finished our conversation after he told me what had gone on and I thought, I kind of like him. You know, he's a pretty neat kid. So anyway, I get off and I, 
And I go to my camp. I'm there the weekend. When I come back that Friday, there's a note on the door from my mom saying that there's been a tragedy in the family and come to find out two hours before he had drowned. Right. And, and I tell that story because I've always, always, always been so grateful that I took the time with him. I could have done what I had always done before, like, yeah, whatever, and blown him off. But for whatever reason, I felt compelled to stay with there. Even I don't know how long that conversation was, 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's my last memory of my brother. So, so cool. So, so, cool. so it's like, you know, people listening out there, take time. Uh, I mean, I mean, we hear about this all the time, but it's yeah. so true. Is that like, like what I'm really focusing on uh, is I, I'm a generally a friendly person and I like people. And I like to be around people, but I tend to sometimes someone comes up and says hi i'm kind of preoccupied and i you know like to like really focusing on if i'm going to spend and and, and there's actually a phrase in the japanese tea ceremony that's ichigo ichii mm -hmm. and ichigo ichii roughly translated means one chance one encounter mm -hmm. and what it means is this is the only time on uh, uh you know the in sacramento that i get to speak with chris nansky about life and stuff and i i really you know oh the the, the the listeners but also you my presence you know right. to, to really to really be here and savor this time. And you know, when you think about, I know you're a parent, obviously I am as well. If you think about, I at least when I've observed the best parents, they're the ones that are present with their kids. Mm -hmm. And as a result of those, a result of that, their kids grow up and they have lasting relationships with them because they built that as a premise of the relationship mm -hmm. is presence. Yeah, I yeah. just think it's really powerful. Yeah, yeah, and and, and giving them presence is not as yeah. important as presence. Yeah. And then and then also, you know, like not passing judgment on them. And I think to tie this in, because a lot of these guys are professional martial artists, same thing with your team. Totally. And your students. It's like, you know, the most important thing is not how, it, it's, it's Zig Ziglar at 101. It's not how much you uh, care about, how much, how How's it going? It's not. They people don't, don't care. care how much you know. Yeah. They know how much you. They, yeah. they care how much. You, how people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Thank you so yeah, much for right. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but that's so true. And like yeah. you know, one of the things that we can do to our business wherever you're at and your family is is be present with them and right. and, and do the best you can. Easy to say, hard to do, but worthy of the challenge. Yeah. And that is is to be not judgmental you know yeah. like really to hear what they have to say and 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 people appreciate being appreciated well and you know it's i you uh i was so honored you invited me to speak at the conference this week and uh my my talk was on communication right and that's one of the things that i talked to them school owners about their staff members is have that connection and i i used to be the kind of guy when we'd have a staff meeting i'd sit at the head of the table and go all right, everyone, we've got a lot to cover. And I just go right into it. And then I learned from a friend of mine who was running a business to go around the table and do a check-in with everyone. Mm -hmm. Just that little bit. And it just transformed our meetings and our staff. Yeah, yeah. and I think just on that, it's it not just to go through the motions, right? but to really do a check. Yeah. It's one thing to uh, to check a box off. Right. Okay, ask everybody how they're doing. Oh, how you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, got that. You know, it didn't work, didn't help at all. You know, but to really mean that, you know, that to bring your spirit present. Well, uh, I certainly appreciate your time. Thank you so That's much for being friend. part of it. If I wanted to get a hold of you, I wanted you to come and speak at my yeah. event or hire you to, to, to get some coaching, where would I go? Yeah, just uh, thanks for asking. Just go to chrisnatsky.com. Uh, so C-H-R-I-S, and is a Navy, A-T-Z is in zebra.com. So I say, I knew you were going to tell me that because that's kind of one of the, one of those, 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 those names. It is, that, yeah. It's one of those, I mean, usually most people spell it S-K-I, right? But Z-K-E is how it ends. S-K-E, I'll tell you what, I've known you forever and I always have to go, now how's right. that again? <laughs> For me, it was always, if I don't tell people, it's C-O-B-E-R. 
Oh, Cobra. God. Cobra. That's how that's people right. I have to that's say. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that's how I have to <laughs> go with it. All right, man. Thanks for hey, your time. Thanks, absolutely. All right, take friend. care. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational. To stay connected, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. And we really uh, sincerely would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.